This dynamic message is brought to you by Redemption in Jesus with Marco Rava. Praise God, praise God, praise God. All right, so here is the title of our message this morning in our series that we are continuing. And remember, as I said, you don't have to listen to the whole series. You can enjoy each, each message on its own. It's a Bible study on its own. So, the freeing truth about branches that do not bear fruit. <clears throat> That's what we are looking at today. It is a subject that is um, generally misunderstood. That portion of Scripture is generally taught uh, in a way that in my opinion, and I'll show you that today through Scripture, how the wrong message is taught from it. And because of that, bondage and fear is taught. People are placed in bondage. Believers are made fearful. And they're placed in bondage to performing, to producing fruit, and into this treadmill of thinking that, that if the rumbe fruit there will be a branch that will be cut off from the vine, in other words, God, and they will be cast into eternal fire, eternal damnation. And I'm going to show you today how Jesus, that was not what He meant when He shared that with the people with Him and He shared with us. His intent was not to make us fearful. His intent was not to put bondage on us, to put us in bondage, but His intent rather was to set us free to live in gospel truth. And so I trust and believe that you will see that today and you will be blessed by that today. And so <clears throat> let's begin by looking at the portion and then we'll break things, some things down and take a look at some things and hopefully clarify and understand what exactly Jesus meant when He shared this with us. So John 15 verses 1 to 8 is what we're going to read from the King James Translation. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. In other words, the vine dresser. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. In other words, he prunes it, that it may bring forth more fruit. See, right there, just looking at that, it sounds like God is ruthless with any branch that doesn't produce fruit. Then it says in verse 3, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. So right there, we see Jesus lays down and begins to lay down the groundwork for understanding what He is conveying to us here. And in essence, He says, He is the vine. And the branches are connected to the vine. But then He says, God Himself, the Father, is the one who... Um, who addresses the vine, <clears throat> and the way he does that is by taking away, apparently, branches that don't bear fruit, and branches that do bear fruit, he prunes so that they can produce more fruit. 
Interesting. And then Jesus switches over and he says, but you are already clean because of what I shared with you. So he says, abide in me, in the vine that is, because it's all in context. He says, because if you don't abide in me, you are not going to be able to produce any fruit in and of yourself anyway. So already there, it sounds a little contradictory. It sounds a little confusing. And I know for me personally, when I was a young Christian, when I was new to the faith, I used to struggle with this portion. I used to think, wow, he saves me by grace. He sends Jesus to die on the cross for me and as me. He pays the price for my sin so I can be forgiven. But then he expects me to produce fruit, which so far he hasn't explained what fruit it is and what it looks like. And apparently God the Father is ruthless because if I don't keep producing this fruit, then he's going to cut me off. And if I am producing fruit, he's going to prune me so it's not always going to be pleasant so that I can keep producing fruit. So it almost seems like God is fruit producing crazy from our point of view. And I say that with all due respect, and I'll clarify all that in a minute. But that's what it sounds like. And then <laughs> it almost sounds like, you know, with the other side of, of his tongue, Jesus says, but don't worry, you're already clean and just stay plugged in to me as the vine and you'll be okay. So I know that I used to struggle with this. Let's continue reading verse 5. Watch what he says now from 5 to 8. He says, I am the vine, <clears throat> you are the branches. So we cannot doubt the fact that when he talks about the branches, he's talking about us as believers. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Interesting. Now he says, those who are believers who are connected to me, they will bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So again, he's emphasizing the fact that we need to be connected to him as the vine. Then he says in verse 6, If a man abideth not in me, interesting, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And, uh, where is it? And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burnt. Ooh. Verse 7, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. That is strong stuff that Jesus shared there. And as you can see, <laughs> the reason why I said, when I used to be new to the faith, I used to struggle with this portion. And the few or the little bit of teaching that I heard on it, because I found that most preachers stay away from this unless they want to preach guilt, shame, and condemnation. Unless they want to teach a message against sin, against lethargy, uh, being lethargic. You know what I mean by that. You know, people who come to church but don't do anything else for the kingdom of God. You know, when they want to mobilize the church to go and do things, to be a witness, you know, to get involved in, in the helps ministries and usher and, you know, go feed the poor. So just whenever, whenever I heard this message being taught, number one, it always had a legalistic interpretation to it, which was you better produce fruit, otherwise you're in trouble. Don't think that you're okay. And the way you produce fruit is by getting involved and engaging and also by having, you know, godly character. And so at the end of the day, it just seemed like a scripture with a whip, used as a whip. 
And so when you look at this just on the surface as we've read it, it does seem to come across that way. It does seem like Jesus was saying, you know, <laughs> with the encouragement in between, he makes it clear. The Father and I expect you to produce fruit. That's what it seems like it's saying, and you better produce it. But is that what Jesus was really saying? I'm going to show you today, and I'm going to share what I believe is the freeing truth. And I'm not saying we've got it all, but I believe as I show you Scripture, it is going to show you how Jesus had a totally different message in mind when he shared this. And I'm going to show you how and what he actually was saying when he said what he said. Okay, so just stay with me and you will see. Now, <clears throat> before we continue, I want to show you a picture of a vine just to give us a, a pictorial view of what Jesus was talking about. So here it is on the screen. Now, that is a typical vine. Now, as you can see, this one is well tended to. It is well dressed. It is well kept. You can see that by how the vines are separated at a specific distance and the vines look healthy. You can see the from the ground up, those vines look really, really good. They look healthy. And you can see the branches are all dressed on top. Obviously, there's some kind of lining or support. And they're all dressed real carefully, real well. You can see it's well pruned because all the fruit, the grapes, are just hanging perfectly almost on each one of them. Now, if you were to look at that, and then if you were to take what Jesus had in mind, this is what he was talking about. But he was referring to a vine which probably was a little more disorganized than this one because he talks about branches you know that needed to be pruned and they, they all need to be pruned but without the help and the dressing that this vine was given a lot of those branches would be on the ground because of the weight of the grapes a lot of those branches would probably be struggling to keep the fruit and so that's what he was talking about when he had that in mind all right so that gives us an idea of what Jesus was talking about. So, as I said earlier, traditionally, this is taught to be about having a genuine relationship with God. You know, when Jesus said, abide in me, I am the vine. This is how we extract and we say, well, this is about having a relationship with the Lord. You need to abide in Him. And your relationship with God will be evidenced by the fruit you produce. That is what is generally taught. So when you see a Christian who, or a believer who produces fruit, fruits of righteousness, of right doing, fruits of good godly character, people then take this and say, that means that you have a good relationship with God. Now, you and I both know, if we've been a believer longer than a year or two, we know that someone can have perfect performance. Someone can fake it until they make it in terms of character. But that they could have an evil heart. They could have a secret sinful lifestyle. They could be totally different, you know, behind closed doors. So we know that that's not necessarily the best way to tell that someone is fulfilling what supposedly Jesus said. And the other thing too is, is that this portion, as far as specifically the fruit that is expected from a believer supposedly, is often connected to Galatians chapter 5 
verses 22 and 23. Now, we're not going to look at that today, but I'm giving you the reference so you can go check it out for yourself. In Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which we are encouraged to flow in, to manifest out of us, to let it flow out of us as we are filled with the Spirit of God, which is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So oftentimes, when I heard this teaching with a legalistic undertone, those are the things that I would hear. And I would also hear, well, see, if that fruit is not coming out of you, it means that you don't really have a relationship with God. It means that you are not producing this fruit. And therefore, you could be a branch that could be thrown into the fire. In other words, you think you say, but you're not. Or God is going to prune you to help you produce it a little bit better and a little bit more. No matter how you slice it, it just sounds like it's not going to be the best of experiences from God's point of view, isn't it? And so, is that what really what Jesus was saying? And so, you know, if someone claimed to be a believer and didn't have that kind of fruit, they are probably not a real believer, they would say. And eventually, they will face the corresponding consequence. And I've heard some hardcore legalistic messages that came across and said, you think you're saved, you're sitting here in the church, but if you don't have fruit, you're in trouble. And I mean, in actual fact, one time I sat under a, an evangelist who was traveling and preached this message, and I honestly walked out of that service terrified, discouraged, fearful, full of guilt, shame, and condemnation. And in a way, it made me resent this portion of Scripture and resent what Jesus said. And it made me question the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God. And so praise God that in time, God showed me what He meant when He shared that. But you will hear, ultimately, the message will be from any legalistic output. It will say, basically, produce or perish. If you want to narrow it down to how generally and traditionally this is taught, that's how it's taught. Either produce or perish. And is that what Jesus meant? Well, that is not what Jesus was saying in that portion of Scripture. That is not what that is about. And I'm about to show you, and hopefully I'll do a great job by the Spirit of God and with the help of God, to communicate to you what this portion is about. Jesus was communicating a totally different truth when he shared that. So, having said that, let's talk about some facts about vines and branches. Now remember, I said branches, not branches. But if you prefer branches, knock yourself out as long as you know what I'm talking about. But let's talk about some facts about vines and branches. First of all, no branch in a vine operates independently. True? Of course it is. I mean, a branch on its own, disconnected to the vine, is not going to last long. It is not going to live. It's not going to survive. It does not operate independently. The branch has to be connected to the vine. That's why Jesus said, abide in me. You're a branch. I'm the vine. You need me to have life, to enjoy life. That's another way you could put that. So that's fact number one. Fact number two is, is that all a branch is and does is as a result of the vine. Yes or no? Of course, yes. So if the vine, for example, has some 
sickness or something, the branches are going to get it. But if it's a healthy vine that is well nourished and produces, you know, it's ready to produce wonderful fruit, well, guess what? That's exactly what the branches are going to do. The branch is and does all that it does and is as a result of the vine. Uh, the branch cannot have its own identity, its own method, its own system of survival. No. Everything that flows in the branch is a result of it from the vine, being from the vine, right? So that's the second thing. Now, the reason why I'm sharing these facts is because it helps us understand what Jesus was really saying when he said that. Thirdly, branches are dependent on the vine. You disconnect a branch from the vine, it will die and perish eventually. And that's why it will be thrown in the fire, because it's not connected to a source of life. It is not connected to the source that causes it to be what it's meant to be. Right? I know that some of these things are basic, but it's amazing how people misunderstand that portion because they don't think about these basic things about branches and vines. Okay, so no branch operates independently. Secondly, all the branches in this is as a result of the vine. And no branch functions or survives or lives independent of the vine. Therefore, we need to apply those basic principles to understand what Jesus was really saying. Now, <clears throat> to illustrate this, I'm going to use an example. Now, please, I don't want anyone to take offense. This is not personal in any way at all. This is just an illustration. And I know it's not the best of illustrations, but it will help us really comprehend what I'm sharing here today. Okay? Take, for example, our bodies. You're looking at my body right now. I have two legs and I have two arms, right? We call those my limbs. Now, think about this. Can any of my limbs function without being connected to my body? Of course not. I mean, and, and this is where I said it may sound a little crude, so please understand where I'm coming from. If I were to sever one of my arms, will it continue to have life and survive? It will not. And this is in essence what Jesus is communicating. And this is how vines and branches operate. A branch disconnected from its source that gives it life will not survive. It cannot survive. It cannot live. Right? And so at the same time, everything my limbs do is as a result of the connection they have with my body. Outside of my body, that cannot function. I mean, I didn't go to bed last night and then woke up this morning and my right arm was, you know, already trying to brush my teeth in the bathroom, for example. That didn't happen. It would be nice, but it didn't happen, right? Why? Because our, my limbs cannot function without being connected, without abiding in my body, right? And so that's in essence what Jesus is communicating here. Now, I'm saying all of this to connect to what we really want to go, where we really want to go to, to understand what Jesus was saying here. So God knows that we cannot produce, listen to this carefully, God knows that we cannot produce fruit in and of ourselves. That's key to understand, another key to understanding this portion, which is why he tells us to abide in him. You see, my arm 
my left arm, if it was severed from my body, it would not be able to produce the life that it has. It will eventually, as you know, decay. So the branch in and of itself cannot, please listen to this carefully, cannot produce fruit. You take a branch and let it hang on the, on the, on, you know, on the thing where you saw where the vines are, it is going to die. It is not designed to produce fruit. That's why Jesus said, He didn't say, if you produce fruit. He said, bear fruit. There's a difference between bearing something and producing something. You follow? I mean, my left arm could be holding something heavy. And so it bears, it's carrying, it carries the blood that flows through my body. It carries the life that is through my body. But it doesn't produce the life that my body does. It doesn't carry the life that my body does. It's a bearer of the life that my body produces. Are you with me? That's what Jesus said. So that's the first, the, or the, well, I don't know what number we're on, but that's the next erroneous thing that is often misunderstood about that portion. And in actual fact, if you look, some of the, look up some of the modern translations, they actually use the word produce. It is sad because in the original, <laughs> Jesus didn't use the word produce. He used the word um, bear. So let's have a look at that again real quick. Notice, we're going to look again at John 15 too. It's coming up. Watch this. He said, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth, that it may bring forth more fruit. Notice the words beareth, bears, right? Not the growly bears, but this is, I don't know how with my accent how that sounds, but, you know, to carry, to bear. And that's exactly what branches do. And that's what Jesus was saying. So he wasn't saying, you need to come up with fruit and you need to produce fruit. So any teaching that you've heard on this that tells you that you are expected to produce fruit, rub it out, cross it out, chuck it out. Because that's not what Jesus was saying. Branches cannot produce fruit. They can only bear, they can only carry the fruit of the vine. So who really produces the fruit? The vine, Jesus. You just carry the fruit by abiding in Him. Are you with me? Wow, powerful truths they're coming out. Amen. I trust that this is blessing you. So Jesus used the word bears or beareth in the King James, not produce. Amen. Why? Because no branch can produce fruit in and of itself. So branches only bear or carry the fruit produced by the vine. Isn't that so? Now I want to show you a portion of scripture just in case you think, well, why do some of these modern translations then use the word produce? That's a translator's opinion, honestly. It is not correct from the original. So I want to show you another verse, another portion of scripture where the exact same word is used. This is talking about Jesus, but this portion shows you that it's talking about carrying, bearing, not producing. Watch this. Luke chapter 23 verse 26. This is when Jesus was being led to be crucified, carrying the cross after being whipped and punished and just all the things that he went through. Watch what it says there. And as they led him away, that's Jesus, 
they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross. As you know, Jesus was struggling to carry the cross. So they, picked, they found this guy Simon, pushed him there and said, they put the cross of Jesus was carrying on him, that he might, here comes the exact same word that Jesus used about the vine and the branches, that he might bear it after Jesus. So they pulled him and forced him to carry the cross for Jesus. So can you see that that word is carry, bear? I mean, Jesus, for one here, didn't produce that cross. Least of all, Simon. If you were to translate that word consistently in Scripture, then you would have to say that they lay the cross on Simon to produce the cross after Jesus. Does that even make sense? No, it doesn't. And so that's what the, what the, the other thing that we need to understand about this. He's talking about us bearing, carrying fruit, not producing fruit. Because we cannot. Without Him, we cannot. Not the fruit that at least, you know, the godly fruit that we should. And so Jesus' point is not about producing fruit, but it's about abiding in Him and thus bearing His fruit. Isn't that what the vine does? The vine produces the fruit, gives the branches the privilege, the honor, the blessing to bear His fruit. Amen? And that's exactly what that's about. And you'll see that the Passion Translation actually makes this clear and puts it so beautifully from the original that it helps us understand in a, you know, expanded format. So let's have a look at that. John 15 Verse 4 and 5 from the Passion Translation. Watch what it says and how it puts it. So you must remain in life union with me. See, there it is. Life union. Because there's no life without being connected to the vine. With me. For I remain in life union with you. So he's committed to us. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit. So your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. See, there it is. It's an exhortation to abide in Him. Verse 5, I am the sprouting vine, and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, there it is, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. So right there we see Jesus makes it very clear looking at it from the Passion Translation. He makes it clear to us that this is about us focusing on drawing from Him and remaining and abiding in Him. And He says, you already abide in me and I'm going to show you that in a moment. So really it's just about us resting in Him as our vine and thus it will all His fruit will flow out of us and we'll just simply carry it. We will be carriers of His life and of His fruit. Amen? It's pretty powerful stuff, wouldn't you agree? If not, I'm teaching myself happier, so we'll just continue. So what is the bottom line? The bottom line is, is that Jesus is not putting pressure on us to do and be what we cannot be and do in and of ourselves. Instead, He's encouraging us to trust and depend on Him to be and bear all we are meant to be and bear in 
Him. Amen. Amen. So it's not about us trying to be this and be that and fake it until I make it and, you know, working on doing this and working on doing it. No, it's about us realizing this is by grace. This is by God's mercy. This is by God's love. And He has placed me in Him. Therefore, I abide in Him as a believer. Lord Jesus, I'm your branch. Flow out of me. Let me bear your fruit. Let me carry your fruit. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. Praise God for that. Praise God. Now, there's one more thing that I want to clear up because I know some Bible scholars already probably thinking it, saying, hold on a minute, <clears throat> Pastor Marco, what about he taketh away? It says clearly that he will cut them off if they don't produce fruit. Well, is that really what Jesus said again? Let's have a look at it. It's going to come up again. Let's, let, let me show you. John 15, 2. <clears throat> Watch this. He says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit. Now, where does the fruit come from? The vine. We just carry it. You understand all that now. Watch this. He taketh away, uh-oh, and every branch that beareth fruit, he, he purgeth, in other words, prunes it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So let's focus on that taketh away. So how do we get past everything I've said with that phrase? That he taketh away. Some translations actually say it harshly and straightforward. He cuts them off. Is that what it really says? You see, this is why it's so important for us to have something like a Strong's Concordance, like a Helps, you know, interlinear Bible. We need to have a source <clears throat> that helps us study the original language. Because I want to submit to you today. That is not the best translation to say he taketh away or he cuts off. That was someone with a legalistic understanding. I'm talking about a translator that felt this is what it means because this is what we see happening with vines. <clears throat> and so let's have a look at that word from the Strong's Concordance, what it actually means in the original. So there's the word taketh away. Now in the original, that's one word, not two words. Okay. And it's, so it's taken away. There's the number G142 if you want to study it. And it's the word Airu, something like that. And directly translated, here's what it means. To raise, take up, or lift. You can see the meaning is totally different to what Jesus was saying. So if we replace it right there with those meanings, watch this. He, would be, he actually said this. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he raises up, or he takes up, or he lifts up. And every branch that beareth fruit, he pruneth to make it better and produce more fruit. So you can see from that original meaning that it's not take away or cut off. In actual fact, when he sees one of us struggling to bear his fruit, or he sees a whole bunch of fruit that is weighing us down, or, you know, just the weight of the branches around us that are weighing us down, making us think like, when am I going to produce, not produce, when am I going to carry and bear some fruit? He comes and He t raises us up. He lifts us up so that we can be in the prime position to bear fruit. Isn't that awesome? Why is He going to cut His limb off? He's not. Just like I won't, He won't, right? That's in essence what He's teaching there. Now, again, to clarify that word from the original, I want to show you another portion of Scripture 
where the exact same word is used. Watch how it's used to show you that it's talking about raising, taking up, lifting, not cutting off and getting rid of. Watch this. Matthew 4 verse 6. This is when Jesus or when the devil was tempting Jesus after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Remember? But now watch this. <clears throat> this is now the devil speaking to Jesus. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. Remember, he took him to the highest place, the building on earth. And he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. Watch this now. And in their hands, watch this, they shall bear thee up. In other words, they will catch you, they will carry you, they will raise you up, they will take you up, they will lift you up, least at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. The exact same word used there. So basically, <clears throat> what that word is, talks about is when God prevents you from falling and being hurt. It is not cutting you off. He is lifting you up to help you and to help you bear that fruit and enjoy the life that flows from the vine. Amen. Can you see how often this is just so misstored and misunderstood? Because people don't take the time to just do a simple study of the words that Jesus used. And you know, we're all getting there. I'm not saying we've arrived. So to go back to the illustration that I used about my body and my limbs. I mean... I certainly wouldn't cut one of my limbs off if I felt that it wasn't doing enough for my body. Isn't that so? I mean, just think about it. I'm right-handed. That's my dominant hand. If I compare what, how much my right hand does for me to my left hand, I probably would disqualify my left hand. I mean, this does a whole lot more lifting, a whole lot more gripping, a whole lot more... And I'm kidding here, okay? So don't take me serious. A whole lot more nose picking and everything else than my left hand does. So just because of that, I'm going to say, well, you know what? You're not really that much used to me because look how hard this guy works. And look at you. I mean, what fruit are you bearing? And in the context of the legalistic teaching, producing. So let me cut you off. Would I do that? Of course not. Would you do that? Of course not. You see, and that's the point here that Jesus is bringing across. This is not about producing fruit. This is about bearing fruit. And when he sees that we struggle to bear fruit because we don't have the revelation that we need or we don't understand the things of the gospel as much as maybe others do, he helps us up and he raises us up and he helps us bear that fruit. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And also we see that that branches that do not bear fruit, he lifts up so they can bear fruit. And also we see that branches that bear fruit he prunes them. He cleanses them, which is the right word translation. So they can bear even more fruit. God is not about cutting, <clears throat> cutting anyone off. He's about helping us enjoy the life that He has given to us in Jesus as our vine. Amen. So God is not about cutting people off. Tell your neighbor right now, look at them in the eye and say, God is not about cutting people off. Because he is not, praise God. So he's about making them all that they are and all that they are meant to have and be in Jesus. Amen. That's what he's about. And so really, that's what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was talking about remedy, 
not termination. Say that after me. Jesus was talking about remedy, not termination. There you go. Amen. You see, God believes in you ultimately. And He has confidence in you. And His heart is for you. So if you want to try and understand, if you want to see, I hope you realize that by now, if you want to explain to someone what Jesus was really talking about when He shared all that about vine and branches, He was basically telling us, my heart is for you. I believe in you. I have confidence in you. And I'm going to do all I can to help you enjoy what I provided for you in Jesus. Amen. Now legalistic teaching will tell you that it's all about you and what you do for God. But grace will tell you that it's all about Him and what He has done to make you all that you need to be and have in Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Let's have a look at Galatians 2 verse 20 from the Passion Translation. Watch how it just beautifully clarifies what we've shared so far. Paul writing here and he says, My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. In other words, who he was in fallen Adam and sinful Adam has been crucified with Jesus on the cross. We all know that. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now, watch this, the essence of this new life is no longer mine. (laughs) See, he's the vine. He gives us the life. For the anointed one lives his life through me. Doesn't that sound like vine and branch conversation like Jesus just spoke? We live in union as one, branch and vine. My new life is empowered, watch this, by the faith of the Son of God, who who loves me so much that He gave Himself for me, and, watch this, dispenses His life into mine. Doesn't that sound like branch and vine talk? Just like Jesus spoke. I mean, this gives you a clear indication that the Apostle Paul understood what Jesus really meant when he shared about the branch and the the branches and the vine. Amen. Amen. He's the source. We just carry his life. We just carry his fruit. We enjoy his life and his fruit and we bear it. And when there's some struggle where we struggle to let it flow through us, God comes in personally and helps us so that we can enjoy it to its max. Amen. Praise God, praise God. So the only reason why some branches need uplifting and cleaning, honestly, is because they are still in the process of discovering who they are and what they have in Jesus. Amen. I mean, what a terrible thought to think that someone would teach you that this is about you, your performance, your merit, and what you do, and you produce fruit. What a crazy way to live. I mean, that's, can you see that this is, that's just way off from truth? But anyway, let's look at 1 John 4 verse 15. <clears throat> Watch this. Another powerful truth here about all of this. Whosoever shall confess, watches that Jesus is the Son of God. God dwelleth in him and he in God. Think about that for a moment. It's pretty powerful because he has the next truth to connect to what Jesus said. Notice that that word dwelleth is the exact same word that we saw in John 15, 4, that is abide. So you can also put it that way. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, 
God abides in him and he in God. Powerful. So in essence, all it takes to abide in the vine, that's Jesus, is to declare our belief in him. Isn't that so? So do you abide in the vine? Yes. And it's not temporal. It's permanent. It's eternal. So the moment you received salvation in Jesus and you, by your own words, declared that belief and you received that salvation, the abiding issue is settled for you once for all eternity and all time. Isn't that what that portion just told you? So you don't have to wonder if you abide in the vine. <laughs> the moment you receive salvation in Jesus, you are connected to the vine. You're part of the vine. And it's just the fruit bearing. And I've already shown you. Get a revelation of who you are and what you have in Jesus, and you'll bear that fruit. Simple. Resting in the vine. Amen. Now I know, once more, <laughs> I'll pretend legalistic teacher or student will say, well, what about John 15, 6 then? Remember he said he was speaking about, about those who don't abide. And it sounds like he was talking to all believers. You know, it's interesting how believers sometimes have a tendency to put themselves in every verse in the Bible. We have to realize some things are written for us and some things are written to us. One of the biggest mistakes people, believers make, is to they try and put themselves in every verse. And unfortunately, that's one of the other errors that people make when trying to understand what Jesus said about the vine and the branches. So let's have a look at John 15, 6, and let's clear that up. What was he talking about then? Because it says, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burnt. Now, if you remember carefully, Jesus spoke about you. If you abide in me, and you abide in me, you are already clean. And then, at this point, he switches and he says, If a man abide not in me. So, right there, Jesus makes it very clear that he's talking about the unsaved, not the saved. He's talking about someone who is not his disciple, but is hanging around. He's talking about someone who's not connected to him by receiving salvation. That's why he says, if a man, where everywhere else, he said, if you abide in me, you're already clean. You are my disciples. But then he says, if a man, he's talking about someone who's not part of the vine. Right? So he's not talking about non-fruit bearing believers. Let me say that again. He is not talking about non-fruit-bearing believers when he said that statement. He's talking about the unsaved. Amen? He's talking about those who do not abide in Him, who do not believe in Him. And so remember that God lifts up and nurtures believers who do not yet bear fruit. He doesn't cut them off. Right? We've seen that too. So it would be a contradiction to say this is about believers. So, this here then is a reference to those who look for life outside of Jesus as the vine. That's who he was referring to. So, to abide means to rest. 
not to struggle and strive. Isn't that so? I mean, if I say to you, I live in this home, <laughs> I don't struggle and strive to live in it. I live here. I abide here. I rest here. Right? That's the exact same thing that he's conveying there. So Jesus really, in essence, was emphasizing a promise and not a condition for the believer. Oh, someone needs to hear that so loud and clear. Jesus was emphasizing a promise and not a condition for the believer. I hope you see that. Amen. And just to seal that truth and to bring it home, let's read verse 9, which we didn't read in, in the original portion. But this is continuing to, from that. But let's read verse 9 from the Passion Translation and watch how it just seals that truth for us. Watch this. He says, Jesus speaking, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. Isn't that beautiful? You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. I mean, come on now. If Jesus was talking about being cut off and producing fruit and all the stuff that you know, legalistic teaching generally teaches, why would he round it off with that? No, he rounds it off with this because he wants us to understand what he really meant. And that is that God loves you. He's provided for you. You are a branch. I am the vine. All the responsibility to give you life and cause you to produce fruit is in me. And I've got all you need. Just abide in me and rest in me. And you've got it. And then he says, and I love you just the way God loves me. He loves you. And therefore, let that love just continue nourishing your heart. At the end of the day, he was emphasizing a promise and not giving us a condition as believers. Amen. So Jesus' whole point is for us to rest in Him and the finished work of the cross. And not on our merit or performance. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. We trust that you are blessed by this message. For more information about our ministry or to make a donation to help us continue spreading the gospel, please visit our website at redemptioninjesus.com.